Hello, and welcome to episode 132 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the weirding one, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. I will face my fear. Fair enough. On this week's episode, another fan makes another horror movie trailer cut, and notable big budget movies still set to drop this year, along with other news, nuggets, and tangents, all before diving into our flick of the week, Dune. Um, Dune 84, let's say, since... That's how how I've been marking it on everything. Okay, Dune 84. But first, Al, what are we drinking? We're drinking, now that I'm able to update my Google Drive post, the Cambridge Brewing Company's Working Class Hero. Um, It's an American Saison. It's an ale with citrus peel. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm listening. (laughs) Its logo is pretty great. It's just a regular guy wearing some overalls and a hat. And he is... Scrubbing a keg. Uh, well, not a keg. I guess that's probably their, um, what's it called? Their uh, lauder ton or whatever. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're, in, in commercial beer, I'm, actually, I don't even know what the, the real word is for it. I'm probably using homebrew terms that are insufficient to describe them. It's the big <laughs> thing where the beer is made. Uh, <laughs> It's the big the beer tank. basin. They're, yeah, they're they're doing the beer basin. I like that. He's scrubbing the tank in which their mash would have been going on. So it's going to be filled with starchy, sugary water. Delicious. Um, yeah, and he's scrubbing it good. Um, he also looks exactly like a character from King of the Hill. Yeah, he, he would. Fit That's what that artwork is right there. Um, it's something to be. I think I have that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Barley wheat. Rye and oats combine with hops and citrus peel in this new American Saison, created by men and women who have forged their own paths to craft your beer. Here's a liquid reward for heroic people everywhere who take pride in an honest day's work. CBC was founded in 1989 in Kendall Square, Cambridge, where we've been crafting classic, unique, and experimental beers ever since. Keep an eye out for our next very special offering. Thanks for supporting Authentic Craft Beer. From Phil and Will, I believe. Yes, that's awesome. 12 ounces, 4.5% alcohol by volume. I I, I, I I like the story. I I like this. I realized that it's been a while since we've gotten to do this. Oh, look at you. I forgot to pour my beer, so let's just get a... Bringing it in. Smells champagne-y. You know, sometimes Saison does. Ooh, is this a... Mm, the Saison might have done, been done with wild yeast, your favorite word. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My favorite it's a little of bit the sour. Owls. <laughs> it's a little bit sour. <laughs> Let's try this one. Cheers. That sucked. You made the sound of the beer opening, but I clinked plastic, <laughs> and it made no noise. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, this is what I needed today. Today was Ooh. a day. Today was a day and a half. And Dude, I this is delicious. This beer on top of that wine I was drinking. I, I hear you. I hear, oh, man. Oh, man. So anytime I can get an oh, man from you on a Saison, I know I picked a good one because mm-hmm. I know it's not your favorite style in general, but. Oh, this is delightful. It really is. Not the Phantom Thread. No, like, no, it's a, it's a, a legitimate delight. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Oh, man. Very tasty. I, good job, CBC. I don't know where or exactly. It's funny because whenever I see the can, it never clicks with me the name of the brewery. But I had been told this was a good beer. And Mm. so when I saw it sitting on my make your own six pack rack in my local brewery, (laughs) um, I made sure to grab two so that we could enjoy them. 
We're good with the words here. <laughs> Thank God it's just a podcast. <laughs> who, need, who needs to be good at the spoken word when doing podcasts? <laughs> oh man, uh, it was. I would describe this as bright. I don't know why, but it's like no. That is entirely correct. Uh, it is delightfully clear and pale golden color. Mm. It had a nice head on the pour. Hefty amount of action going on inside the glass. Yeah, though. it is it's vibrantly <laughs> dancing around, <laughs> carbonated. So man, all right. So uh, not the first time. Certainly won't be the last. Tell me where the saison is again. <laughs> oh my god! So saison is French for season. And it's the seasonal beer they made. It they would brew it in like the early early spring, like the bridge of, you know. Let's go full like down the rabbit hole. You remember that I always wished to learn how to say the whole thing, despite how creepy the character is, because it's one of the best bits of writing in any book or movie. Um, <laughs> when Grima Wormtongue is creeping on Eowyn, and he describes her as like like a pale morning in the spring, you know, with winter's beard still clinging to it, that whole thing. Yeah. And like, so that time of year is what they're talking about. That's okay. when you brew the beer. And I brought it up because Brad Dorff played Piter Van, Piter DeVries <laughs> in, uh, in <laughs> funny. I thought that guy was in nothing else other than Lord of the Rings. Like, and apparently I thought they were saying Peter films. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> totally understandable. That movie is fucking weird. Um, <laughs> And those people, the, uh, I forget, I actually totally forget what that family's name was, but super weird. I don't understand what was going on there, actually. Um, but anyway, that guy's description reminds me of the time of year in which they brew the Saison. The Saison was then used as a reward, a payment to the workers in the farm, in the field. You know, at the end of the day, at the end of the season, you would get your Saison mm -hmm. as part of your payment for working the fields in France and um, the Netherlands. I, I, I have worked numerous jobs and I'm pretty sure that I've only gotten, uh, I've only worked at a company that gave out like bonuses once. Uh, the other ones just did not do bonuses. And I was thinking just now, like I would have like, no bonus can be infuriating with a lot of extra work and everything that you put into something. Uh, especially when it's kind of when you're led to believe that you're going to get one and then there isn't one given out. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> what I'm saying is instead of no bonus, if you were to give me a bunch of beers, I actually probably would have been happy. <laughs> yeah. You could pay got, me with Saison is what got, I'm saying. <laughs> I got paid as a... Actually, I basically got the equivalent of a Saison. I got paid the end of one of the seasons for the many years I did ballet. I spent most of that summer working at this particular, it, it, I mean, it was a mansion on top of a mm -hmm. mountain, mm. Um, but they would, on certain, Dracula. Weekends, <laughs> on, certain, on certain weekends, they would rent out their estate for people to have events at weddings, such. Um, and I was there almost every weekend, basically mm. every weekend that they were booked. And at the end of it, when they had their final party of the season, they had a of the season over. Yes, of the saison. <laughs> they had a bunch of beer left over. So basically everyone who wanted to, from their staff to ours, uh, including it was a bring your friend to work day, which is always great because mm. that was those days when we didn't have enough people to work. So you got to bring a friend and that person got to work and get paid. Um, cool. 
So one of my really good friends came with us. He was one of the, the two total times he worked, and he also got paid out in beer at the end of the Saison. Um, but each of the three of us who were working that day, and the two of us were basically, we worked it together like all summer, uh, walked out with like 30 beers each. So Nice. Yeah. Very nice. It was. So I approve. That was a pretty good bonus for a 20-year-old. <laughs> yeah. That's uh. All right, let's gonna move on from there. Uh, what, <laughs> uh, what we? How many thumbs you give in this bad boy? Uh, this is at least a one and a half thumb beer. One and a half thumbs. One and a nub. Yes. One and a nub. I'm in. I'm in for one and a nub. Well, can we get? All right, let's expand. So my camera's too high. Hand- I just realized my camera's too high. <laughs> there we go. I did, I did that. <laughs> nice, perfect. As I say, let's expand the hand ratings. Uh, we should get some devil horns in there. A little bit of love. And like, and then make a whole scale of what these things mean. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. That's going to be one of our projects going forward. <laughs> can one of them be like, can like they all just be the different ones from like Spider-Man when he's trying to figure out how to do Yeah. <laughs> Fly. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, you want to get into some news and nuggets? Sure. Oh, I also give this a, a, a thumb and a half. That sounds great to me. A thumb and a half. Uh, I, I want to kick this off. I came across this list on Yahoo Movies. Don't ask. And uh, it was it was just movies that are still slated to release this year. And I thought it was interesting because was one there of were ones. Doomed? What? Uh, yes. <laughs> and there was a, a few that flew under the radar that I just like. I didn't even remember were supposed to come out. And I, I'm. I feel like I just have a sneaking suspicion that this list has not been updated because uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm certain some of these have been moved. But anyway, starting out with since we're we're we're, we're Approaching the halfway mark, seeing what's left, uh, which is kind of funny because I feel like we haven't seen any movies in theaters this year. It's not true, uh, but it's it's close. What was the last? What was the last theatrical release we did? I, I honestly, I was trying to think about that while we did this, and I realized now nearly, that I could have just went through the catalog. Yeah, it's been nearly three months. You know, what? Yeah, while you give us the list, I'm going to go back and find out what the last theatrical release. Sounds was. good. All right, so coming to cinemas in July. It's going to uh, be something disappointing, isn't it? It still says Tenet, July 17th. We'll see about that. It says Mulan, July 24th, and I completely forgot about that one again. Uh, when I saw the trailer for that, I was actually very excited. It looked, it looks like a good movie. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it, but I just didn't. It wasn't on my radar or something coming out this year. I thought it was like a very early tease of what was to come. I didn't realize how far along it was or mm. like how close the release date was, I guess. Uh, SpongeBob, Sponge on the Run. That's July 31st. <laughs> uh, now we have August. The Secret Garden. Why? Again? <laughs> Can we stop with this? It's um, not that good. <laughs> not not the Bruce Springsteen song? Uh, nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984, uh, which uh, trailer is weird for that one. I've, I've rewatched that one a couple times, and it's just like, it seems like it's completely missing the mark compared to the first one. But Wait, I, sorry, which one? Wonder Woman. Um, I think they're taking another big swing. Like, well, yeah. I'd be okay with that. It's just that it, the trailer looks very generic. I mean, yes, to the extent that it's another thing that's basking in the nostalgia of the 1980s. Like, it's funny, like, certain decades get skipped. I guess mm. it has to be entire generations, right? Because the whole of the 1980s <laughs> was just, like, longing for the 1950s. And the whole of, like, the 20-teens and now into the early 2020s is longing for the 1980s, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one gives a shit about the 60s, 70s, 90s, and aughts, but 
the fifties left an indelible mark on 30 years worth of people. And the eighties has done just the same. Like 40 years worth of people now were sure. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Bill and Ted face the music, August 21st. I'm actually, I really want to see that. Uh, the new mutants, August 28th. Wait, is that still a thing? Uh, again, according to this list, it is. And I cannot stress enough that on the top of this page, it says Yahoo Movies. (laughs) All right. Moving on. Uh, September, we have A Quiet Place Part 2. I know that you're looking forward to that one. A Quieter Place? The Quieter Place. The Quietest Place. (laughs) First of all, (laughs) first of all, can a movie be quieter than the version of that movie that I watched? (laughs) Absolutely not. Uh, We have Blythe Spirit. I don't know what that is. We have Dream Horse. Not familiar. We have The Beatles, Get Back, which I didn't realize there was another Beatles thing coming up. Uh, we have The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. And then we have The King's Men, and I completely forgot about that. Oh, yeah. That I'm excited to see. Uh, I assume we're getting, a, this is a remake or reboot of Candyman. So that's, you know, a thing. No, thanks. Uh, the Trial of the Chicago 7, Connected. Death on the Nile. Now, isn't that oh, the sequel yeah. to Murder on the Orient Express? It sure is. Looking forward to that. Halloween Kills. Not looking forward to that. The French Dispatch. <laughs> oh, the French the w- Dispatch. That's right. And then I came across The Witches. They're remaking The Witches, <laughs> which was a movie that creeped me out as a child. <laughs> what is The Witches? Move about witches. I don't know. <laughs> well, cause when you said the witches, I was thinking the witches of Eastwick. But no, I not that one. I believe that's what it was. So. No, no, it's not that. Uh, but it's... Wait, hang on. Is this another remake? Underneath that is Snake Eyes. Are we remaking Snake Eyes? Or is this a different movie altogether? Of all the movies <laughs> I probably could have listed 500 movies. Not that I thought should have been remake, remade, but ones that I thought could be remade. Right. That would not have made the top 500. All right, so I'm adding I'm adding to the list of things that I need ballsy directors to do. So the first one, as you know, is the movie that ends within the first five minutes and then an hour and a half of credits or black screen. There's that one. <laughs> the next one is a shot-for-shot remake of an older movie with the same actors, just older. <laughs> and no one admits it and no one Nothing, nothing no different. One same it. trailer cut. Not Honestly, a, they just used the old trailer. <laughs> not even a single wink at the camera, nothing. Exactly, nothing. Just very deliberately, shot for shot, perfect execution. And then somehow like try to pawn it off as it was like so incredibly artsy and technical that they can get an exact shot for shot remake. Oh man, somebody's going to do this. I mean... I'm pretty sure it's happening on the 23rd of October this year. I mean, <laughs> with Snake Eyes wasn't wasn't that wasn't that that movie? I, I'm totally drawing a blank on what it's called now. <laughs> wasn't that The Irishman? Wasn't the, the movie? Irishman just uh, the exact same movie with all old actors? Oh, <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, there's all of them molded into one really long piece of garbage. Uh, Black Widow, October 28th. Oh, yeah. No time to die. You know what? I meant to bring it up. Was it two weeks ago when we were doing the show? Man, it feels like an eternity since we saw a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, actually just thinking recently, I, I'm like, I'm ready to, to dive back into some of the, the right? catalog. Like, isn't that like, we went from having two movies a year to having three movies a year for a few years, and mm-hmm. 
now it's been almost a year since. Well, didn't didn't Spider Man Spider Man was the last one, right? Yeah. Didn't that come out in July? Didn't it come out in July Fourth weekend or whatever? I believe so. Uh, so it's it's been eleven months, and I was like, I was thinking it a few weeks ago. I was like, man, it's been an eternity. I was like, and then like not only is like while well, I was was I like, going through like, man, how long has it been? I was thinking, oh fuck, I don't even know what the next one is. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, after I split like a, it was like a second or two. I was like, oh yeah, Black Widow, like that one's coming out. And then mm-hmm. I totally drew a blank on what was after that, and it's the Eternals, like the right? Eternals. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Because I, well, I don't know if it was still on this list. I don't know if they pushed it or not, but it was sure. supposed to be November of this year. Yeah, I, I don't think it's on this list for November. Um, but because uh, because uh, Black Widow is, and it looks like that got pushed to October. I guess that makes sense. So, uh, well, anyway, uh, November, we have no time. Actually, go, circling back for one more second. <laughs> After Spider-Man, I remember being like, I'm good. Like, this was a good, like, the last Avengers movie was a great ending, but I was still I was still coming down from a high. I think Spider-Man landed the plane, and then I was good. I was like, I could actually go some time without it. And I didn't realize that I'd, I, at this point now, that I'd be missing it. Yeah. It's going through the withdrawals now. Coming to cinemas in November. No Time to Die, Godzilla vs. Kong, and Soul. I don't know what that is. It's uh, weird that we haven't seen one single thing about Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Is it? Maybe that's just recut footage. <laughs> that would be awesome. Maybe they are doing it this year. <laughs> I always remember, whenever I think of recut footage or reusing, recycling things, I always think of, and I, I, th- I think you saw that episode, but I always forget where exactly it falls in the hierarchy. And I think I've actually even mentioned on the show before the Archer episode with Burt Reynolds when they recycle yes. the animation of the van getting driven off the road. And, yep. and, and Archer goes, wait, was that stock footage? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And Burt Reynolds just laughs. laughs. Uh, and then coming to theaters in December, we got some great ones here. Free Guy, which I'm very much looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds joint. Mm-hmm. That looks very silly. I'm all about it. Peter Rabbit 2, going to be honest with you, kind of makes me want to go back and watch the first one and then watch this one. Well, I'm all right with it. Looks like some family fun. Hmm? I said I definitely didn't see the first one. Neither did I. Coming to America, ah, they clearly took good for them. Yeah, say, they, props. Took, they, they took my advice, you know, about Bad yep. Boys for Life and Fast uh, Fate of the Furious. Uh, Dune, West Side Story, Top Gun Maverick. And are you ready for this one? I bet if I gave you 100 guesses. You would not be able to tell me what's coming out on Christmas this year. <laughs> Give me the studio. I can't. This list is not very comprehensive. <laughs> it's well, actually, you know what? I think I can. <laughs> well, I figured you'd be able to Warner Brothers. Out. What's up? Warner Brothers. Is it Warner Brothers? Is it the extended cut? <laughs> it is Tom and Jerry. <laughs> is it Tom and Jerry movie coming? I go. I guess so. <laughs> This is news. This is truly news to me. I hope when you know what I want, I want such like I want a whole fan following when that movie comes out for them to release the Snyder cut. You know, now that you mentioned Tom and Jerry, I just remember that like maybe a week or two ago, I saw online something one of those like you know mind blowing things. I don't know if it's quote unquote canon, if it checked out, if someone maybe a the writer or creator of the show or something like that said it, but someone said that Tom and Jerry was all a farce because <laughs> Tom only pretended to hate Jerry because if he just left the mouse alone and didn't chase him, 
that the owner would get a cat who could actually kill it. Oh. And he actually loved Jerry and played the fool so that he would survive. And I, I like, like that take. I was like, Oh God, I hope that the 25th of December Tom and Jerry reboot is gritty. Gritty? <laughs> Wait, no, this isn't one of those live actions, is it? I don't know. We could only hope. Not okay with it. Uh, anyway, that's your list. I would say out of those, the ones that really stood out to me were uh, Free Guy, because I'm looking forward to that. Um, Dude now, just because I'm so curious, and we'll get into that later. Yes. But uh, really, The King's Man. I forgot all about that, and I, I, I love I this movie. I don't so. want to tip my hand too much, but watching this move me, I watched it last move night. Me? Move me. Mm. Um, it didn't move me. <laughs> um, watching this move me last night. This movie moved me- Kim right out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually got me really excited to see the new one. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, For sure. But I forgot there was a movie that you mentioned on that list that, oh, Top Gun. Top Gun, I'm 95% sure was already officially moved to next year. So this is an unupdated list. Oh, nice. Perfect. Perfect. I'm very curious about the witches. We're going to have to do like a witches and then like 84 in parentheses. I don't know what year it came out. So, how about how about this? All movies that have a remake and we're doing the older one, 84. In the- <laughs> Except Batman. Except what? Except Batman. Batman's always 89. Yeah. That's true. That's fair. Um, but do you remember what our last theatrical release movie was? Mm. My first guess that I did not say out loud was correct. Okay. I can't remember. I don't remember the last time I went to the movie theater. It's, um, it's very sad. So in earlier mid-February, we did Birds of Prey. That was our last theatrical release. Oh, we did two theatrical releases in a row. We did Bad Boys for Life before that. And, right. and the, our Oscars episode was the one before that. Everything since right. then. So it's funny, though, because that was still almost a month before everything started shutting down, which just goes to show you the state of what the theatrical release schedule was at that time that we already went to reruns at that time. Yeah. Oh, that's that's crazy. I'm actually uh I'm just curious if I if I saw anything else um no. Oh man. That sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I want to go back to the movies. Let's say you're approaching 4 months without a movie. I know. It's I'm get I got the itch. <laughs> I'm getting the shakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I think we've pushed towards finding some out of the box things that we have done, things that we're Oh boy, are we doing some out of the box things coming up? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, um. All right. Well, that's it. That's that's movies that are quote unquote coming out, but I doubt it. Um, give me a new. Okay, I got two news and I got a story. Now, some of these news I'm sure you've seen. Some of these news I stuck in my notes when they broke like five days ago. So there may be newer issues. I don't care. Um. <laughs> Henry Cavill is in talks to return to Superman for Warner Bros. What? What? With a with a with a quivering lip or <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, did you not see No that? upper lip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you see this news? I asked him as he did. I heard that, yeah. Okay. Uh, this was I think from like the original story on the rap. 
two years after departing the role, Henry Cavill's in talks to once again portray Clark Kent slash Superman in films based on DC Comics, insiders with knowledge of the situation told The Wrap. The extent of Cavill's return to the role, whether just for additional work to be done for the upcoming Snyder Cut or Justice League, or sorry, of Justice League, or the for appearances in future films, has not been disclosed. The British actor first appeared as the superhero in 2013's Man of Steel, followed in 2016 by Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice, and in 2017 by Justice League. He was set for further appearances in DC Comics, including a planned cameo in Shazam, but was instead abruptly mm. let go from the job in late summer 2018. Now, that feels like revisionist history, because I could have sworn he quit. Right. I that, I vaguely remember that, too. That, that actually hit me weird when you read it. Yeah. Um, like, he was... And it was very weird. Imagine, rightfully so, totally fed up with the whole situation, and I thought he did everything in his power to get out of that contract. Right. At least that's how I remember it. But I, I mean, maybe that, I hope it's possible I'm making that up. Hammer Cavill. At the time, Insider said Warner Bros. Oh, my God, Al, what if? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. At the time, Insider said Warner Brothers was rethinking its strategy for DC Comics movies, moving away from the shared universe approach and towards standalone films. And indeed, just a few months after Cavill departed, so did Batman actor Ben Affleck, and the planned standalone The Batman was retooled to focus on a younger version of the character played by Robert Pattinson. Hmm. However, the larger context was that up to that point, with the exception of Wonder Woman, DC's attempt to create a competitor for the Marvel Cinematic Universe was a critical dud. And while the movies weren't flopped, each one, again with the exception of Wonder Woman, earned less than the previous installment. But Justice League suffered from particularly public problems. In May 2017, several months into post-production, just six months away from release, uh, director Zack Snyder stepped away from the film after his daughter died, and WB hired the Avengers director Joss Whedon to finish it. That was in quotations. Um, Whedon oversaw not just post-production work, however, but also weeks of unscheduled reshoots involving the entire main cast and a recut that appears to have dramatically changed the original story. The end result was a confusing and often ridiculed movie featuring an unintentionally hilarious-looking Superman thanks to the fact that (laughs) Cavill had grown a mustache for another film and the CG used to edit the mustache out of Justice League only kind of worked. <laughs> Things change, however. At the end of 2018, Aquaman became a billion dollar juggernaut, while 2019 Shazam and 2020's Birds of Prey were both critically acclaimed cult hits. More relevantly, DC movie fans coalesced around the social media movement released the Snyder Cut, which sought to pressure WB into releasing a version of Justice League much closer to whatever it is that Snyder had in mind. Mm. Those efforts paid off last week when WB announced that something they're at least calling, quote, the Snyder Cut will premiere on 2021 on the company's upcoming streaming service, HBO Max. No word how Cavill will be involved, but hopefully this time they lock down being clean shaven into his contract. Uh, He currently stars in Netflix, The Witcher, and plays the role of Geralt of Rivia. Toss a coin, my friend. (laughs) Now, did I hear, because I totally have not kept up with the Snyder Cut because I basically refuse to. Did I hear it's not even going to be a movie? It's going to be like a fucking miniseries? Oh, I didn't hear that. It, that's just egregious. Did I mishear that or am I making that up? I don't know. Or it could it be either. And it penetrated my psyche despite my best attempts to keep it out. Uh, man, okay. I'm, I'm, I actually, I'm so curious at this point that I'll watch this. The, I'll watch a movie. I don't know that I'll watch a mini series about this. Now, you know how they say when you watch, like, a train wreck, you can't take your eyes away? Sure. If someone tells you the train is going to wreck, can you still not look away? Probably not. Okay. So that is, I guess, proof why the Snyder Cut will exist. Yeah. I, again, 
Imagine it's good. Well, so here's the thing. Um, like pursuant to the whole thing of, I could have swore I heard that it was going to be like six episodes of a mini series or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, could you imagine having the gall to be Zack Snyder and not only continuing this idiotic campaign to have the Snyder cut? He asked for reshoots again, again to do it yeah. in the middle yeah. of a pandemic that has shut down all filming. Yeah. He asked for reshoots. Hmm. What world are we living in? Apparently, one we're complaining about the Snyder Cut gets it released, yet when there's real-world problems, we can't get things done. Yeah. <laughs> it's about 18th on the list of things that need to be fixed, like, imminently. Um, and it's coming first, so. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 18th? It's not even on the list. It doesn't need to be fixed. Put it to bed. I came up with a fictional number that was Got it. enough <laughs> to be relevant, but not like exhaustive enough. Oh, it's on know. the 18th list. Got it. Yes. <laughs> Got it. Like I didn't want to like make it like even pretend like it could be like top three or five. So 18 is officially disrespectful. It feels like it's snuck in on the back of some bill with some real good stuff on it. <laughs> I like the idea of calling the Snyder Cut pork. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Uh, you have a story, I heard. Do you, want to, <laughs> do, do you want to do the story now, or do you want to do it at the end of News and Nuggets? Uh, I can do the story whenever it makes you happiest. All right. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll give you one, one quick thing now, because actually, I probably should have done it before when we were talking about the Avengers and peppered it in. But uh, I sent you a link like yesterday or a couple days ago. I'm not sure if you watched it. No. Oh, uh, fuck. It was assigned homework. I told it's you fine. That. It's fine. It's really not that necessary. But No, I uh, meant to watch it. It was just I think I was at work when it happened. I don't remember that's okay. what I was doing. Uh, years ago, there was a... Uh, uh, I, I don't know if it was a, a film student's project or what it was, but there was a horror movie cut of Mrs. Doubtfire. And if you haven't seen... Oh, that I trailer. I've actually seen that in the past. That's that's so good. That's a that's awesome. It's that so well done. Familiar. But this one was like a horror movie cut of um basically the the 10 year MCU span. And it's called You Were Supposed to Protect Us, which is a great <laughs> title for it. Uh and then I was wa- as I was watching it, I was like something's not sitting with me quite right. Like, yeah, it's creepy. Yeah, it's like it's dark. Then I realized, oh, the reason why I'm not so impressed with this is because these these are just the actual parts of the movie that are kind of horror adjacent, <laughs> spliced uh, together. <laughs> but uh, it did. Uh, it, it definitely made me. That's it was part of the reason why I'm like, oh god, I want to watch some of those movies again. I don't even know where to dive in. I'm not going to dive in at the beginning and watch them all. That's not what I'm in the mood for. I don't know how to pick which I want to watch. It's funny because like we're in that time now where. I have a couple of shows that have come out new that didn't get pushed back like some other shows. Like, and I still, for the life of me, will never understand how What's It Called got pushed back on FX. Not FX on Hulu. Um, Fargo. Sorry, Brian. Um, sorry, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it every week from now on. <laughs> yeah. Um, that had to have been... I didn't get a chance to look, listen back. That had to have yep. been what we were apologizing for, right? Yes. Um... <laughs> um I don't know how far I got pushed back, but I have what we do in the shadows. I have billions mm-hmm. that are currently running that they started well after like the pandemic locked everything down and things are getting pushed back and canceled or whatever. But when those two shows end, there may not be any new releases on TV for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have been really itching to get into actually I'm literally itching right now because I have bug bites, but um, 
I've been really itching into getting into back into some shows that I love from my past. Call, call me disappointed. When you said I was really itching to get into, I, I was with everything inside of me. I was hoping I was hoping I could will this to happen. I wanted you to say claymation. And then I pictured you as Adam Scott could in Parks and Rec. <laughs> in Parks and Rec. That was only 30 seconds. <laughs> it wasn't even 30 seconds. There was it like was seven, eight right? Seconds. Yes. <laughs> that took what? How long? That took me like three weeks yeah, or whatever. That was three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But uh, anyway, what yeah, are you itching no, to get into? I'm itching in whatever order to get back into, partially because of your enjoyment of it recently, Scrubs. Mm. Um, I very much would like to get back to because it's been quite some time since I watched any bit of it. Um, desperately want to get back into Hannibal, which I mentioned a few weeks ago because my brother sure. was watching it. Um, and I really want to go back and rewatch, especially because I've seen the first two seasons a couple times, but I only saw the, the final season one time. The new Newsroom. Season. Yes. Yeah. In. In. We do a whole separate podcast on Newsroom, episode by episode. I mean, well, I guess now's the time, right, to officially announce Game Bites. Oh, yeah, that's, that's fair. We have another podcast. So we have another podcast starting on the Spin Tune Podcast Network. It's Run and hosted by our own Brian Rooney. I guess, well, hosted by you and Brian? No, no, I'm just, a, I am a perpetual reoccurring guest. So hosting with Brian. <laughs> hosted by Brian. So it's like, you're the Andy Richter to his Conan. Yeah. Like yeah. Not, a, not a co-host, but yes, definitely also the co-host. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess maybe I'll be invited once a year. Or something. Suitor number one is what I like. What? Suitor number one. Can you call me the second suitor? Suitor number two sounds like a bathroom movement. <laughs> I guess I'll be invited about once a year to be on the show. Um, sure. We have what you guys already have. In November. <laughs> in November. Yes. Um, fair. <laughs> um, so I think it's cool that we have that book. I feel like we should have a TV podcast too, though. Uh, yeah, probably. Probably. But I think the TV one, I think we could do something. Into, oh, guys, it's happening live. This is how it happens. We come up with an idea and then we just make a new thing out of it. Uh, based on the newsroom thing, I think it should be like an extended look at one series at a time. So essentially, The Ringers rewatchables. <laughs> Don't know about that one, but sure. Uh, well, rewatchables slash The Watch, I guess. I forget. They, they have like 37 podcasts. I listen to none of them. Um, I've listened We're going to call it Spin Tune In. Boom! <laughs> I'm coming up with the names for these podcasts. I like this. I like this. Um, the Spin Tune Sports Show is still in a coma. Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> I do like that Brian is the one who keeps asking if it's ever going to happen. And I'm like, well, Brian, I guess you need to get back into sports if you want to. <laughs> I need a co-host. I need a co-host because I'm not interested in doing a solo host show long term. Mm. I'm just not. It doesn't interest me to listen to. So it doesn't interest me to do. Right. Uh, I can do an episode. I can do two, but I I don't. As a going concern, it's just not for me. Because um, I don't think it's the best experience for listeners. So, but uh, I'm excited to see what the game what Game Bites is all about. Um, I do think it'd be cool, even if we did. Actually, I like the idea of doing Spin Tune In as like a recurring show, but not like stuck to a specific schedule. Like, yeah, exactly. We pick a show. And we do it. Go through it. If we don't have a show for a couple of weeks, then we don't have a show. Yeah. And then, okay, let's do that show now. Is this a podcast you want? If so, write us. 
Flicks and a six at thespintune.com. Yes. Or tweet us. At, at the spintune. At the spintune. What do you want? What do you want from us? What do you want from me? <laughs> Tell me what you want. <laughs> Tell me what you want, Lindsay. <laughs> Are we dating? Are we dating? Are we not dating? <laughs> uh, family Guy movie we could do one day. Um, anyway, that was that that yeah the Avengers thing. That's that. Wow, we went on a we we got back, but that was a there was a journey in there. It's been a while since we had a really good like we had a wild tangent. We had a full on planning session. That's how we do things. That's yes. how this whole started. It's great. I well, love we it. Don't, we right. don't get our planning sessions like during the week or on the weekend as often as we probably should. Like it's like, sure. like hardcore brainstorming. It's kind of free form, and it's probably why some of these things take longer. Or like one of us gets like. Like either me or Brian, like is like out twisting in the wind for a while, and then it's like, oh hey, so we're doing this thing, and the third person is like, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Nice. <laughs> All right, give me your other new. Okay, we're doing some news. Uh, Robert Pattinson spent months making Tenant not even vaguely understanding. Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited! Oh on, man, this was on IndieWire the other day. Oh, that's such a great headline. I knew you'd love this. <laughs> it's looking like Robert Pattinson's press tour for Christopher Nolan's Tenet is going to be a challenge as the actor may or may not have any idea about what's going on in the upcoming espionage epic. Oh, man, this is great. Like, I don't understand, like, how you can fall under the, like, under a cult leader's, like, uh, influence. But then I realized that I, I mean, I, I'll just follow him Christopher Nolan into whatever he does. So I guess, <laughs> I guess there it is. <laughs> As part of Esquire's new profile of Tenet leading star, John David Washington, Pattinson says he often relied on his fellow actor to help him make sense of the Tenet. <laughs> What's happening in this scene? <laughs> just you wait. Nolan's new film is shrouded in mystery and centers around international spies who use, quote, time inversion to prevent World War III, whatever that means. Hmm. Quote, I thought it was something much worse. <laughs> quote, it's an incredibly complicated movie, like all of Chris's movies, Pattinson told Esquire. I mean, you have to watch them when they're completely finished and edited three or four times to understand what the true meaning is. Hmm. The actor added, when you're doing them, I mean, there were months at a time where I'm like, quote, am I... I actually honestly have no idea what, if I'm even vaguely understanding what's happening. <laughs> and That's yeah, great. I would definitely say that to John David. On the last day, I asked him a question about what was happening in a scene, and it was just so profoundly the wrong take on the character. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, have you been thinking this the entire time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Pattinson said, quote, there's definitely a bond in the end in kind of hiding the fact that maybe neither one of us knew exactly what was going on. But then I thought, ah, but John David actually did know. Mm-hmm. He had to know what was going on. That's amazing. Nolan maintains that Pattinson did understand Tenet throughout production. <laughs> speaking to GQ magazine earlier this month, the filmmaker said his actor had, quote, a complete grasp of the script. <laughs> Although even Nolan admits that understanding Tenet means having to think about its ambiguities. As Nolan explained... Quote, a complete grasp of the script is one that understands and acknowledges that need for this film to live on in the audience's mind and suggests possibilities in the audience's mind. Perfect. So so we're going to get classic Christopher Nolan where he's got it. He's not going to give it all to you. And he wants you to talk about it for years to come. Inception style. Yes. I'm all I'm all for it, because what that means to me is 
the answers are there if you can find them. Like, he didn't leave out something. Like, the way that he does things, it seems like he doesn't actually completely cut a piece out that's going to prevent you from getting to the answer. It's all there. You just have to decide to accept, I feel like, certain parameters that are given to you. So not like Dune 84. (laughs) (laughs) More on that later. (laughs) That ain't a professional tease. I don't know what it is. All right, Al. Wait, I'm not done. done. Oh, geez, there's more. (laughs) Filming Tenet was made all the more insane by the fact that Pattinson landed the role of Bruce Wayne slash Batman on the first day of shooting Nolan's next tentpole. Pattinson said in a new interview with Total Film Magazine, quote, it was a very, very intense weekend. That was a crazy way to start Chris's film. I think I was doing the screen test as well on the Saturday before I started. I just thought that was kind of a cool little note to end. That is, that is cool. That I can't even imagine. Hey, I'm making this insane blockbuster movie with Christopher Nolan, like one of the best in the biz. And also I just found out I'm Batman. I, yeah, like who's riding high? This yeah, guy. Right? But I, I was just thinking, I'm picturing him now on the set of Batman shooting it mid-scene, just turning to another actor. But what did he mean? <laughs> <laughs> what does it all mean? <laughs> oh, man, I'm excited. Oh, two great things coming out for me. Yeah. Uh, cool. Give me your story. Okay. So, the backstory to the story. Mm. A couple of months ago, it was the second week of working at my new job. And I was in a Rite Aid and I was doing some work and I saw this guy standing near the pharmacy section, which is near to where I was working. And he was dressed all in like windbreaker, like matching windbreaker top and bottom. Like team, like team apparel, like, like a basketball tearaway team. clothes, <laughs> not tearaway, <laughs> but like. Picture 1990s. Uh, yeah, I got, I got you. I got like you. Bulls warm ups type of thing. Uh, but I what a what a painted picture! Yeah. Wow, <laughs> vivid. It's so vivid in my mind. <laughs> right. Well, I was watching a lot of The Last Dance, and I went, "Wow, that was really a thing in the 90s, where every team had these perfect matching top and bottoms." Like, yeah. Now I don't believe it actually was for a pro team, but that was a matching top and bottom with like okay. breaker like material. And he had sunglasses on, bald guy, like shaved head ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Bicked. As he it had, were. what's that? Bicked. Mm-hmm. No. So, what, wait, uh, wait, you totally broke up and I didn't hear any of that. Uh, I just, <laughs> I said, Bicked. Oh, yes. Bicked. <laughs> you said baked and I was like, I mean. Maybe he was maybe. baked. It's hard to say. I was like, let's, let's get to the story first. Like, <laughs> it is a distinct possibility, honestly. Like, I don't know how you would have known this, why you would jump straight to there, but okay. Was uh, it you? Yeah. Where did that lustrous hair of yours come from? <laughs> it's a wig. So, <laughs> like Roger Klotz. Fuck you, Brian. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, so, he had headphones on, like the ones that you and I are wearing, but sure. like... DJ style, like around the neck, like below the ears. Yeah. Now this guy is probably mid forties, fifty yeah. years old. Are you just describing Moby? I might be describing. <laughs> <Moby>. <laughs> it's like that episode of How I Met Your Mother where they find Moby on the street corner, and it turns out to not be Moby. <laughs> oh, is that a thing? I never watched. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I will find that episode for you specifically to watch because I believe it'll be completely relevant to the story. <laughs> so. He looks like he's kind of like 
which, you know, and he's listening to music, whatever. So he's like kind of like rocking a little bit. So I'm going about my business. And then all of a sudden I hear a shout. And it sounds like it's being uttered directly over my shoulder into my ear. Oh. And someone shouted the name of the company I work for. Okay. Um, and I turn around and I'm pretty sure it's that guy, except he's standing 30 feet away and his back. So I'm like, he like shouted in my, I'm pretty sure he like shouted in my ear and then teleported across the room. (laughs) (laughs) Or he can throw his voice. Yeah. Or he can throw his voice. I'm really confused. I like, wait a second to look around. I was like, did someone like need me? Okay. No one. Okay. Let me get back to work. And so now another like minute passes and, not the name of my company again, but just like kind of a ha, like ah. right behind me again. And again, this guy is now very purposely not looking in my direction, slightly closer this time, but still far enough away. It's like this guy's like a goddamn ninja. Uh huh. And like now also, he's like visibly like dancing, like actually dancing while waiting online at the pharmacy. Like at one point, I'm pretty sure he even broke out like a Michael Jackson like turn and moonwalk. Yes. Um, you know, with all the, you know, that like sound of like windbreaker fabric on each other. Yeah, of course. Um, so I was getting really creeped out by this guy. Naturally. Cause he kept like his moonwalk would like take him kind of close to me. And then he's like over there again. And he's like, he's really all over the place. It was, it was like Christopher Walken telling Will Ferrell to really explore the room. Yeah. Um, there was no cowbell, but, uh, still like, that's kind of how I pictured it. And I was like, Sure. It's creeping me the fuck out. I'm in the middle of the city of Poughkeepsie. It's like, I don't know if this guy is cracked out or what. Like, I just, I really don't care if he's having a good time and dancing. Can you just go do it over there? Right. Like, just not right behind me. Yeah, personal space. Because I'm like yep. super busy and I don't have time to be watching over my shoulder. Right. So anyway, that was kind of the end of the encounter. It was done. So I was working with someone I've never worked with before for my company. I never met him before. We were kind of... We spent a lot, we spent literally twelve hours together today. So, you know, over the course of the day, you're kind of sharing some anecdotes, some stuff from work, blah blah blah. And we're in the the car together, and we're driving. Um, and we were talking about that in the morning. And then, like two hours later, we're driving, and we were talking about something. We were actually in the middle of conversation, and driving down the streets of Poughkeepsie. And I was like, "Oh my god, that's him!" And he goes, "Oh my god!" I was like, "That's the fucking guy." <laughs> we're in a totally different area of Poughkeepsie now. <laughs> one, I like ran into that guy. I was like, that's the fucking guy who was creeping on me in the writing. And he goes, no fucking way, dude. I was like, look, was like, watch him. I guarantee you at some point while he's walking down the side. He's going road, to moonwalk. He's going to start dancing or something like that. He's like, dude, there's no way. Like we were just talking about it. Like, and he starts dancing right then. He's like, and oh, as you shit. pass by, you hear. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did not do the heat. That would have been terrible. Um. I was like, what are the freaking chances? Oh, the man, that's, that's and he's doing great. He's walking down the street, and he's like, he's just walking down the street, and then all of a sudden, he's like, like dancing. Ah, and perfect. Like, what the fuck is he doing? Well, you're not crazy. Yeah, well, I, I, dude. If you have I a very alone, strange guardian angel. <laughs> if I was alone driving, and I saw that guy, I would have swore I was going crazy. Like, there's no chance I saw him again. But the fact that he saw him, <laughs> and it immediately was confirmed when he starts dancing, I was like, okay, like, I am maybe saying, maybe. Oh, God, that's so good. So good. Oh, boy. That's fun. Speaking of fun, let's get into some fun and games. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Today, Al, I have which Dune character are you? 
A 20-question quiz. I have no idea, because I couldn't keep track of any of their names. Yeah, uh, I have a feeling that there's like maybe only one or two answers where it's reasonable. Everything else is going to be gross. Which is more dangerous, your mind or your body? The other option is I try to keep them in balance. Hmm. I mean, depends on who we're talking about being in danger, but uh, either of those could have been the answer for me. <laughs> yeah, I'll, do, I'll keep them in balance. Okay. Are you more or less spiritual than most people? Is there about the same? <laughs> no. But like in the middle? Oddly, there is no third option for this huh. one. Mm, you said more or less? Mm-hmm. I don't know. More than most, less than most. I, I guess more? I don't know. Okay, that's fine. All right. Would you rather always be moving forward, or would you rather focus on stability? Stability. Okay. Leader, team player, or loner? What day of the week is it? Tuesday. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I find a way to work all those into my, to my life quite often. Well, I, I, I believe that being a team player would kind of encapsulate all those things. Because you yeah. do what you got to do when you got to do it. Which of these abilities would you most like to have? To be able to predict events with an incredibly high degree of success? To be able to read people's true intentions and meanings? To be an unstoppable fighter? To know exactly how to motivate people to do as I wish. So which one would I want? Yeah. Well, I already technically kind of have one of those things. So I'm going to go with the ability to motivate people. Okay. And then we got to do this thing where we skip over the advertisement. We go to the next question. We're going to have to do this four times, folks. All right. Are you more likely to dress for style, comfort, or practicality? Practicality. I agree. Which is worse, being too passive or too combative? Combative. Which anxiety dream would you be more likely to have? Not wearing any clothes? Financial disaster? Someone close to me dies? Career disaster? Career disaster. Okay. Do you think people are more dangerous in their actions or in what they neglect? Huh. Hmm, that is a good one. Yeah. Sorry, didn't didn't think we were getting very deep with this, but we are. Yeah, it seems particularly important for the current state of affairs as well. Hmm, that's true. I'm going to go with the neglect one. Uh, nice. Which would you most like to live... What? Oh, which would you most like to live next to? An ocean, a forest, a mountain range? Ocean, next. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we've reached question number 10, so I have to go through the whole advertisement thing again. All right. Do you have more regrets over things you've done or things you never did? Oh, boy. I uh, never did. Okay. How likely are you to restrict your actions, such as using less water or driving less, for the greater good? More likely than most? Less likely than most? Uh, unfortunately, less likely than most. Which do you think would corrupt someone more? To be the wealthiest prison... What? To be the wealthiest person in the world? To have total control over the most powerful army in the world? Sorry, what am I actually... Which do you think would corrupt someone more? To have... Being the most wealthy person or having control over the most powerful army? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I guess... <laughs> The problem is a lot of the time those things go hand in hand. Why not both? <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll go with the wealthy one. Okay. I failed to mention that this quiz is brought to you by Zimbio. Uh, <laughs> that's the website. I see blood and I help. Have to look away. I'm glad it's not mine. 
All three? A and C. <laughs> um, I think you would help. I'm going to yeah, go help. Yeah. I can see you helping. Your boss asks you to do something you think might be wrong. You ask your boss to explain why. Suggest your boss might be wrong. Do what your boss says. Quit to preserve your integrity. Ask why. Fair enough. Advertisement number three. <laughs> All right. When you examine yourself with your inward eye, do you like what you see? Mostly <laughs> yes, mostly no. <laughs> um, depends on the day of the week. <laughs> I'm going to say, man, if that isn't more penetrating question than I <laughs> We're really time. getting to know you today, Al. <laughs> yeah. I guess we're going with the whole honesty route, so most likely no, or whatever the hell that option was. Okay. Would you work together with an enemy to confront a mutual threat? Yes, maybe, but only if I really had to. Not a chance. Ah, uh, the bigger jaws theory. Um, only if I had to. Okay. You find yourself frustrated while working on a particularly difficult task. You ask for help from the smartest person you can think of. Keep working at it by yourself. Eventually, you'll get it. Find someone more qualified to complete the task. Oh, sorry. It said I'm working on what sort of task? Uh, you find yourself frustrated while working on a particularly difficult task. Ah, I'll figure it out eventually. Okay. All right. Two more questions. If you were a powerful figure, how would you handle dealing with the public? Better than most people? Worse than most people? Better. Not a high bar. The <laughs> w- <laughs> that which doesn't kill you makes you stronger can still ruin your life. Uh, can still ruin your life. All right, that was question number 20. Here we go. You are Lady Jessica. Restrained yet powerful. You may sometimes hold yourself back for the greater good until it's time to show just how powerful you really are. Actually, surprisingly, uh, I like I like that one. That's good. That's good, Al. With that, let us get into our flick of the week. Dune, released in 1984, rated PG-13 with a two-hour and 17-minute runtime. Here is your IMDb synopsis. A duke's son leads desert warriors against the galactic emperor and his father's evil nemesis when they assassinate his father and free their desert world from the emperor's rule. That run-on sentence is perfect for describing this run-on sentence of a movie. (laughs) Which is is great considering how ineffectively that sentence describes the movie oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. uh let's let's kick it off with our tweet length reviews why don't you go first this week okay mine's a little half-assed because i had to scramble to do it right before we started a mess of a movie with a framework of something really intriguing a true roller coaster six out of ten okay i said this entirely too sweaty and entirely too lacking in diversity com- cosmic rock opera is a train wreck style compelling and a true product of its time so weirding it's okay Adjacent. Five out of ten. <laughs> that sounds like we're roughly on the same page. <laughs> oh, man. The only way to describe this movie is weird. <laughs> it's so weird that them deciding to just drop on us the weirding way, mm-hmm. which totally sounded like something that like we should all know about, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wasn't in the top 50 weirdest things that happened. In no, no, not at all. Uh major note that I came away with watching this movie was with every scene, I feel like they shot it and then they went back and they said, now weirder. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, Give this man funny. a mouse juice box. <laughs> For most of this movie, and I was talking about it a little bit with my cousin Mike. Hey, Mike. Um, I never read the books. Sure. Same. And I have so little knowledge about what this was about. I knew it was about Spice. I knew it was a warring families thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so fucking obvious how much information was cut out of this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, and then how, how much was cut out and then slash forced back in poorly some of it there's some whacked out editing in this movie that this is a horribly edited movie Um, it suffers from lord of the rings beginning i don't (laughs) (laughs) it really does i don't understand like it they the she's talking for uh, which i believe is the princess uh, which plays no role yeah, in the movie. Yeah, I think we were just going to get her as the narrator. No. Uh, so it starts also off with Virginia her. Madsen. What's that? Is it also Virginia Madsen? Who's that? The actress? No, I know. Who, uh, who, who is I she? What know, else? She's famous. She's been in a lot of stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, so but not only does she comes in, fades halfway in, talks for three minutes, fades out, fades back in, and says a few more things. You know, fades out. We we keep bringing it back to Family Guy, but it's like when when Peter's dad Francis dies, and Uh then he shows up to him in a dream, and he's telling him something, and he I don't remember what it was. I don't even remember what it was that he was trying to tell him. And he goes, "Okay, thanks, Dad." And he goes to his beard. He goes, "Wait, can you say, Peter, you must go to the Dagobah system?" And he comes back and goes, (laughs) "Peter, you must go to the Dagobah system." He goes. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Perfect. Yeah, but odd, an odd amount of extended exposition and then re-extended exposition that is largely meaningless in the grand scheme of things. You know, there's entire scenes that feel like non-sequiturs in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like entire scenes and sequences that, like, I have no fucking idea what it had to do with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you could have cut those things out because they weren't even world building most of the time like there were right. probably one or two of them that, that sure feel like world building but most of them weren't and it's like if you cut those out of the movie and you replace them with the very obvious whole like i literally i felt like i was looking at a swiss cheese movie uh-huh. but like no one had told me that i was getting they told me i was getting cheese yeah <laughs> like a block of cheese <laughs> but they didn't tell me what sort of cheese and i asked what sort of cheese and then it just was Swiss. And I was like, <laughs> and I've never seen Swiss cheese before. I was like, I feel like I'm missing some cheese here. I feel like there's some Swiss cheese with those. <laughs> because it's so obviously suffering from this is a super dense text that we have to cut down to be a two plus hour movie. Right. And it's like, oh my God, am I so glad that we've had like almost four decades since this movie came out, three and a half decades since this movie came out. And so many people have made the decision to turn those super dense texts into shows that are uh, three times the runtime and they're right. allowed to just breathe and be in that space. And while admittedly this, I actually think would be great. Uh, I don't know what, I don't understand why they didn't approach Denis Villeneuve and tell him to like go work with HBO or Netflix or something like that. Sure. Now, if I remember correctly, is not his Dune supposed to be two movies? Is it? I I was actually going to ask you that because I only see one listed. Really, I thought it was kind of like the Hobbit, where the where that the scene where it cuts for a couple years is probably half the half like the split of the movies. 
Well, yeah, but like when like they announced they were doing it, like shortly after they announced, actually, it's going to be two. Like I could have sworn okay. that's what happened, but I maybe I'm misremembering. I mean, that would only make sense. Yeah, well, because four hours would ha- they'd have a better chance of doing it right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's part of why I'm excited for this upcoming one is because I absolutely could see this having been a really good movie, a really interesting Sh- movie. Right. It wasn't. No, but it could have been. I would like now. Don't get me wrong. I was I was entertained probably mostly because of the prospect and also like it's it, it did bring me back to like seeing every eighties and nineties movie for the first time because like, because it was for the first time it wouldn't have been something that I would probably would have gone back to like rewatch I probably would have been like well, we could probably skip that but I just I'm glad we watched it all of the effects and costume and makeup was every eighties and early nineties sci fi movie oh yeah I'm one. I'm pretty sure it won an Oscar for a costume. Which is funny because it's some of the worst costumes ever. But ever. they're so gnarly. <laughs> I mean, some of this stuff, forget about, like, oh, it doesn't hold up. It didn't hold up then. It did not when I, I lied about that. That's not right. Yeah, you did, because it deserves a Razzie for this. It was, no, it was, I mean, it was nominated, but not for, not for that. Like, there are other awards series that it was nominated for. That's fine. Sat- Saturn Award? I'm not sure what that is. Um, that's one of those like sci-fi specific awards, isn't it? Oh, okay. Well, then I guess it's a smaller category. But um, it's a shame. It's it's so weird. I I was actually thinking so uh, thinking about Star Wars, right? Coming out uh, how many years before this? The first seven? Star Wars would have been seven years. I guess seven right? seven years before it. And if you were to flip, if you were to flip their release timings, would this movie had done like insane damage to the genre that Star Wars would not have made it. It's possible, but the problem is it's like it's totally unfair because this movie doesn't fail because it's too weird. Like as much as you're correct in what you're saying about it being mm-hmm. too weird, that's not why the movie fails. The movie fails oh. because it's missing huge crucial detail like i i know that's honestly that's more my point though is if they just if i feel like if that were to have come out sooner the sci-fi genre would have been dismissed like entirely as like just nonsense because it felt like nonsense getting through it yeah it's funny because it just reminded me i was listening to cinephobe the other day and they did teen wolf 2 Mm. apparently there was a third one proposed but the combination of the poor reception and box office to Teen Wolf 2 and the poor reception to Airbud is what mixed <laughs> the third <laughs> Teen Wolf movie. Oh, man. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, there's this horrendous, horrendous bit of trivia here. Uh, and that is that David oh. Lynch turned down directing Return of the Jedi to do this movie. David Lynch wouldn't have fit Return of the Jedi. That I, I, it's still poor for him. Yeah, <laughs> it's unfortunate, well, sure, but especially since uh, from the other things that I found, he doesn't even want to answer questions about this movie in interviews because he despises the result so much. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'm glad because if he was super proud of this movie, I'd be confused. <laughs> oh man, I've never watched. I don't believe I've ever watched anything. David Lynch. I know there's people who love love mm-hmm. his work, and there's people who hate it, or there's people who just nothing it. 
Um, I've always been curious because I know he has such a cult following. I know that Twin Peaks has such a strong cult following. Um, and I've never seen any of it. Um, this, I could see just the general things I'm like kind of aware of as being David Lynchian. Like, mm-hmm. Or at least when I'm watching the movie, I was like, this feels right for him. Yeah. Just like the overall vibe and like the wackiness that's going on. From like what you've heard and what you gathered. Yes. Yeah. Um, the one thing that surprised me, though, was considering that some people revere him. I was really surprised that some of this looked really amateur, like mm. from the, the construction of the movie. Right. Right. It, it, it definitely it feels like a B movie with a big, 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 big budget. Yeah, which honestly isn't that uncommon for 80s movies, but sure. But like, to your point, though, of what like the pedigree is supposed, it sounds like it would have been more than that. Yeah, yeah. And like and considering I know that this movie wasn't generally that well received, and I know that uh, I think some people who were huge fans of the books hated it because mm-hmm. it wasn't a good adaptation, which considering I can tell that there's massive gaps in this Right, but without without being familiar with the source material. Yeah, with, I'm not sure what it is that's missing, but again, I know that there is something. <laughs> I'm not sure what's missing, but I'm certain about the quantity. It is yes. a lot. <laughs> and it's a lot, because I can't follow what's going on. And it wasn't because, like, it wasn't just because of language and, like, the verbosity of, like, all the ridiculousness and, like, how many words and things they made up and how confusing the names of these people are. It's, like, the and it's there are so many plots that the plot lines that just don't follow through exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're going to give a huge amount of attention to prophecy. And generally that means you have to be fairly detail oriented in the storytelling and it's not. Right. 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 And then on top of that, a lot of it seems like there are, they were hinting at these strong relationships that have these intense backstories that, we know nothing about in the scope of the movie. <laughs> you know what this was like? What it was like watching? It was like watching or reading Game of Thrones, and then when they're telling you about like the age-old relationship between these families and why it's so important, they just instead of doing the ten pages of Martin writing text, you know, like the text, or you know, half an hour of television, they just went eh. <laughs> you know, you know, okay, this is super important. Got, These families hate each other because, eh, you know, they hate it, yeah, because of reasons. This yeah. what well, you know what it was, Al. It is, uh, it's Olaf telling the story of the book, like he <laughs> just very rapidly <laughs> and bouncing around from scene to scene. <laughs> it's exactly it, it, that's what it reminds I'm, me. I of. mean, there's like there's one specific thing I, I was thinking of that from like just like a deeply intense like plot like. It's kind of the whole crux of the fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say until we get past spoilers, but sure. like a massive revelation happens and then they don't follow it up at all. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and it was something that it wasn't just a massive revelation out of nowhere either. It's something that the main character queries and questions about throughout two thirds of the movie mm-hmm. and then he gets his answer and then that's it. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about now? Yes. Based on yes. what I was described? I'm like, 
What the fuck? <laughs> I, uh, I, I will say though, uh, like all kidding aside and like, uh, and, and all very valid criticisms aside, I didn't like, I, I weirdly, again, I kind of like weirdly enjoyed watching it because it, it brought me back to seeing a movie like that for the first time, because you won't be able to see a movie like that for the first time because you don't make a new movie like that today. Well, like I said, it kind of just got me amped up to see this new version of the movie because sure. I'm excited to see someone who wanted to take on this project, knowing yeah. how poorly it went the first time, knowing I, I I'm Lynch's, curious to read the source material, knowing Lynch's, you know, twisted or not twisted, like tortured relationship to. The yeah, um, I'm super excited to see that. Like, if I remember correctly, and it's now been quite some time since the movie was greenlit and, and we know that Villeneuve was attached. Like, it's a passion of his to do this movie, I believe. Mm-hmm. Like, am I, I'm remembering that correctly, aren't I? That's what I vaguely remember from our previous discussion, yeah. Which I I am excited and intrigued by, like I said, there was a framework for something that could have been really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, could have been really interesting and compelling in this. That right. just doesn't happen because... Like they, like I said, like it's like there's this f- this this frame is exists and it looks like it's about to teeter and topple because somebody drilled like took out all the screws. Yeah, <laughs> like all the yeah. connective tissue that's supposed to hold this. But the the, the person the the person that took all of those screws out is animated, has a very curly mustache and a cape. Oh man! A uh, w- w- couple couple of notes before getting into uh, spoiler territory. Love, love, love the funky space metal. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but I liked the music. <laughs> yeah, it's whacked. <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, the funny thing was, so some of it reminded me a little bit of Neon Genesis Evangelion, the like the music stuff, and actually the movie itself. Okay, uh, some of the themes that it explores and how it chooses to explore them. Um, I, to the point where I actually, I think that NGE was inspired by this to some mm. extent, which is kind of cool. Um, I what some of the times when I, when like that serious like very eighties like metal guitar from movies was playing, I was thinking about your love hate relationship with that general sound. Oh like yeah, when you make fun of the Wonder Woman porny guitar because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it's way too much. It is mm-hmm. it, like it's way too much. Or I also think of like Attack of the Clones, you know, when they're on Coruscant, like chasing the bounty hunter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> uh, uh, one other note here. Uh, this is this is actually really funny. I and again, weird things happening in this movie. Things, lots of stuff explained to you. Uh, maybe not the things that matter. Early on, the first like major battle in the movie, where they're using the weirding module, and it hasn't really been explained how it works. I thought they just forgot to put special effects in, like um, they're sh- like one the guy. I think his name is Duncan. He's shooting people, and they're just flying backwards. And I was like, um. <laughs> well, no, you know what the thing is though. They did forget to put effects in some of that fight because oh, I know okay. exactly the scene you're talking about. <laughs> and I, you know what? Now that I think about it, I was a little tired at some points in this movie. Sure. Uh, like physically. Um, and But that point, I think I like snapped to being fully awake because um, I had dozed for a minute earlier in the movie. I had to rewind and start like back again for like five minutes. Um, 
during that fight scene, sometimes when he shoots people, something comes out of his gun. Okay, so I'm not... All right, so something was messed up. So I didn't even realize, because, like, during the fights, some people use munitions and some of them use lasers. Right. And I, at that point, I didn't even know about the weirding mod. Right. So, but some of the things that he shoots, you see some sort of bad effect. <laughs> and there's, like, one specific one where I think he's firing in a guy in a doorway and nothing comes out of his Yes, head. yes, that's exactly it. And I was like, okay, so now we're even getting to this point where, like, you can't even manage to fucking FX some, sh- like, a, a, like, a shitty laser. Like, you've done so many shitty lasers in like, this movie came out seven years after, like, Empire, or not Empire, seven years after the original Star Wars, and those lasers were better. Right. Right. It's like, uh, it was almost as if it was, like, the cliff notes of the scene. Director was like, and then this guy runs in, shooty, 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 and then... <laughs> you know, it's like, it, parenthetical, like, lasers. You know what right. I mean? like, Yeah. Like, it just didn't get picked up. <laughs> oh, man. So stupid. Uh, I really, it was... Also, you know It's what? fun. The... That do they ever explain what those weird suit things they were wearing were? Because actually, they did. that was what I don't. What they did? No, no, not the not the desert suits. The oh. the suit that Duncan puts on that I oh the make. rectangles. I'm not sure. <laughs> because there was a scene that was actually the scene I dozed off on when when I guess he was practicing in it earlier yeah. when Paul is practicing in it. Yeah, I yeah. Think. Um, I remember that it was a thing, but I didn't know if I okay. Oh, have I got a treat for you? Uh, it was not very clear what that thing was. It was some sort of shield device. They didn't really explain it very well. But they did explain that the slow blade penetrates the shield. Okay, so I definitely slept through that. All right. Sentence. And then... Because I was really confused when he... Completely disregarded the relevance of that when a bullet is shot at it, which then, upon hitting it, slows down. <laughs> and bored. It traveled very slowly. <laughs> but when they were moving around in it... All I could think of was was it Tardis in Oh yeah. <laughs> Tar- well, no no, no like- Tars. Tars. Oh Tars, that's it. Yeah. Not Doctor Who. Yeah, not Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were moving around and with the rectangles they looked just like Tars. I'm Absolutely. Like, what the Maybe that's what Tars is based on. I suppose it's possible. God, it's possible. <laughs> it's just a, a, a sweet little like geek out right there. There was some really bad CGI in this. <laughs> really? Some. <laughs> uh, well, some of the practical effects were, were pretty good. Some of them were really bad. Sure. Yeah. Most of the CGI sucked. Oh, yeah. It didn't even oh. exist. All of it. All of the CGI sucked. The only CGI that was good was how they erased the wires that carried the floating man around. <laughs> even that they fucked up because when he gets blown out the wall, it's very clearly no longer a person because he's like, all of a sudden he's, he's like, he's like, oh no. And then he's like, as he's flying oh. through the air. Oh, that really, that scene gets me, we're talking towards the end of the movie, that scene gets me just because as he is, it looks like he was blown up through a hole in the ceiling, and then the way that he flies out still looks like a ceiling, and then in the next cut, it's actually the wall, and I was like, none of this makes sense. <laughs> it was definitely the wall. Oh, I know it was. I that there was some spatial loss of, like, awareness there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, okay, with that, let's let's actually get into the spoiler territory. Oh, actually, one more one more note. There's a, there was a mechanic that was used over and over again. Uh, I actually liked it in the beginning. I actually think that it could be interesting. I think it could u- be used in interesting ways going forward if people actually picked up on it. The voiceover. Um, the, I like the voiceover. Yeah, except I, I like when the it's used because they forgot to explain things. 
Yes. Uh, I like the idea of it. The Actually, you know what? I like your explanation that maybe it must have been recorded like after the fact. Mm-hmm. Because it didn't fit sometimes. Like they had to rush the voiceover because they had oh. to get to the next line. I'm fairly certain there's one scene uh, with the main character whose name is, for whatever reason, escaping me. Paul, Paul Atreides. Paul, uh, where they do a voiceover of him, and I'm pretty sure they just freeze the frame while it's happening because <laughs> they don't have enough footage to gap what has to be said. <laughs> that makes sense because, yeah, some of the, not all of it, but some of those lines were super rushed. And, like, I didn't even notice that, but I'm not surprised. It was like another one of them where I think the next person's spoken word clips over the oh yeah yep the voiceover absolutely that, that absolutely happens uh, and in a in a movie of exposition we should have known going in if we only looked at the cover art where the tagline is two paragraphs long <laughs> allow me to read it to you <laughs> all right let me get this out of the way. It is a world where sandworms, 1,000 feet long, guard creation's greatest treasure, the spice that prolongs life, and enables the mind... (laughs) 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 And enables the mind... Oh, hang on. Period. No comma after N. And enables the mind to fold space and slow time. Where a prophecy will be fulfilled. Period. And the young... (laughs) We're done here. It's the whole movie. <laughs> uh, now, again, please correct me if I'm wrong. Sure. I remember hearing how important Spice was mm. and how, like, the things it could do. Like, what does it do? The Spice is the worm, and the worm is the Spice. That's that I all know. I got. That revelation, <laughs> the revelation that I was alluding The Spice to. can prolong life, and it can allow space travel. Yeah. How? Did it? it. <laughs> <laughs> When did we establish the ways in which it does those things? Sometime between now and the 10,000 years that pass before we get there. <laughs> because they just at say no it. point, like, I remember how many people made fun of, and rightfully so to some extent, but how many people made fun of Unobtainium uh-huh. in Avatar, right? Yeah. And, like, how vague it's, it's just, like, it, and it's... I well, mean, I, I can it's just a concept, right? It's like the literally the point is just it's the thing that we want. Like, right. Guys, like we're not going to spend time in the backstory. It's going to be a three hour movie without that, which it's a cop out. But fair enough. Like, I get it. Mm-hmm. In the OK, they, they, they do show you how it works. Basically, you take a whole bunch of ships and you go to the weird floating brain thing that I guess consumes spice in some fashion and then shoots a bright light out of its mouth and anus, which bends time and space <laughs> and yeah, push so you wherever you need to be. Is that going on in those scenes? Because yes. I was really confused. I, I remember watching the scene and having no idea what was happening. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah, that's what was going on. We were we were, we were space traveling. Okay. Through alien butthole and mouth. And mouth. <laughs> ATM. <laughs> I just, like, they told us how, so often how important the spice was. Yeah. Oh, they you told know my. F- so often. You know what? Let's dive into spoiler territory so I can tell you one of my favorite things about the movie, which is also one of the worst things about the movie, and that is every time Paul just goes, spice. <laughs> <He> just- <laughs> 
Well, they made fun of it a bit in this season of South Park. Um, in this case, the spice, I believe, was Tom Brady's shit. Oh, my God. Um, and everyone was trying to get it to extend their life and their careers and everything. But uh, I, yeah, I didn't understand. <laughs> I didn't understand at all why they kept having that creepy voiceover. That, that was, you know what it was? The funny thing was, those were the only voiceovers that felt like they were actually designed to be part of the movie. Right. Spice, spice, <laughs> spice. But I, I still, I'm so hung up on the fact that, like, despite how often they kept telling me how important the spice was, I never felt like the spice was that important. Right, I completely agree. Couldn't agree more. If it more. was, like, they would have showed us more about it. it would've we would have probably seen it. Yeah. At some it point. The worms, and the worms are the spice. Right, and the spice is the worm. Yeah. Uh, Finkel's Einhorn. The, be- <laughs> the best... Probably the best part of the movie and the best bit of sci-fi was the explanation and construction of the suit that allows you to last in the desert. That was brilliant. I really liked that. I thought that was really cool. It was really awesome. They explained that whole thing. And then he's like, breathe through your mouth, exhale through your nose through the tube. And then an hour later, he's got the tube in his nose and he goes, do you smell that? And I'm like, no. (laughs) You blew it. Literally. We were so close. We were so close to you not ruining this amazing piece of technology that you've created. Oh, God. This amazing piece of technology that they've created that takes them shitting their pants and pissing their pants over and over again and making it so they can live in the desert for weeks. Yeah, yeah. And breathing out of their nose into a tube. Yeah, yeah. Water suits. Uh, what, what, what do you, give me a favorite moment or favorite... Part. Oh, I totally forgot about the favorite moment. Um, it might have been one of the times where he just went unbrought spice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, you, you're not wrong. If that's not your favorite moment, I, I feel like you weren't watching the movie. Um, how about this one? How about when Gurney and Paul get reunited and embrace, and Paul continually yells, Gurney, 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 while Gurney continually yells, young pup, young pup, <laughs> as he hugs. <laughs> so here's the thing. I was super confused by that relationship. Uh-huh. Because, and maybe I missed this, because I think there was noise on in the background, and I could only turn the TV on so loud. Sure. Um, I think you were just distracted by Patrick Stewart's mullet. <laughs> maybe. I could have swore that I understood the scene when Paul and Leto show up for the tour. I could have swore I understood that scene. Okay. That's to say that I thought that was meant to be a transition from the other family giving up control of the planet to them. No. The, who, what were they? No. The, oh, oh, yeah. I thought that scene Harkonnens. Yeah. I thought that was a scene. I thought that Max von Sydow and um, what the hell is it? Patrick Stewart. I thought the two of them were Harkonnens and they were showing them the ropes because remember at the beginning, there was like a veil of like civility between despite the fact that the Atreides and the Harkonnens hated each other and want to kill each other. Right. Like they were playing nice. Like again, like similar to game of Thrones. Hmm. And remember, the Emperor was giving Arrakis to the Atreides. So I thought that was a transition of power. No, that was 
the Atreides were going there for like they were there like inspecting things. Those those are always already Atreides people. The Harkonnens that were there are left over in hiding, and they're like, uh, they're well, I know that they're the sleepers that were getting ready for the assassination. But yeah, I thought I understood that scene, and it was a transition of power because he says, "I'm giving it from one of them to the other." So I thought it was, "Hey, this is how we do things, and this is how you use it." Because the two of them are so antagonistic to Leto. Yeah. And the, should they not be subservient to Lita? I, I don't, dude. I, I, you're you're looking too far into this. Well, am I though? Because it feels like this is supposed to be a really dense, deep text with all. This oh, yeah, but I mean, what, look what we got. Sure, but like, <laughs> I feel like that's not something you can get wrong. Like, because like, it didn't feel like a lot of things were wrong in the movie. It felt like just a lot of things were omitted. Yeah, this felt wrong because the way that that whole scene plays out, I thought they were the other family, and they were sticking it to them because then like even like the follow-ups to it when you know he says oh we're gonna have to leave we're gonna leave he goes i don't care about the spice save our men and then max van Van sadow has a voiceover right in which he says uh, you know it gets my better judgment i kind of oh that's the scene i think that i was talking about where it (laughs) where i'm pretty sure it's a still frame for a moment well (laughs) but the way like that sentence you're right makes it quite like i was certain like, he was having second thoughts about the fact that they were about to betray and kill him. Uh, the way that I, sentence is I, delivered. I, okay, so the I'm not certain about who he was, like, supposed to be portrayed as in that scene, but he is one of the desert people. Well, uh, who, the The Ferens? Is that what their names were? The Fremens? 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 Yeah, that's... That, I, I mean, that's what he really was, though, right? I, I know he was, but the point was, it was like he's... Well, I wasn't sure if he was one of the Fremens who joined the fold or if he was one of them who, like, went native. Okay, so then I think you might be right in that uh, he, Max von Sado's character, uh, he was probably, it's probably what you're saying. He was probably, like, uh, a cooperating Harkonnen. Or, like, meant meant to be. But he actually was a, whatever we said. The word that I already lost again. It starts with an F. Fremen. Thank you. Yeah, okay, Fine. because yeah, cuz like he like cuz it became very clear that he was having a change of heart, like maybe I've miscalculated. Mm-hmm. Like he literally comes out and says that, and that was right after they had the antagonistic meeting to some extent and he recognizes him from the prophecy. And sure. then we find out we already know about the traitor, right? Like we know that there is a traitor. Right. And then we have intercepted communications that make it clear that the Harkonnens are there and planning something. Mm-hmm. So I assumed that they were gonna then try and assassinate him and like make it look like an accident when they're out on the transport. I thought the two of them were supposed to be playing the unwilling hosts who then make it look like a tragic Sorry, accident. Sorry, the, the two of them being... The way that that scene starts off, it looks like Patrick Stewart and Max von Sydow okay, are gotcha. together. The, the only reason I'm not confused about that is Patrick Stewart is actually... It, he's the one that's uh, training with Paul in that early scene that you were half asleep at. Was it okay? Yeah, yeah. That was he was they they he basically trained him in combat. Okay. Um, that would have probably helped clear it up that, a little bit. Yeah, for but sure. I don't think I'm completely wrong. About You're not. It was very. It was weird. Like I couldn't tell you for sure that I'm right about the uh, Max von Sadow, Max von Sadow character, uh, which is Doctor Kynes, 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 Doctor something. Yeah. Anyway. Um, you have? Do you have favorite moments? Spice. Spice. I liked the worm riding. That was pretty cool. To be honest with you, I didn't know where they were going. I thought we were going to kill the worm, and then when he 
put the rope on one side is like, is he going to put the rope in the other hole? To, and he's riding the worm. <laughs> well, I was going to say there was no, when he ran off to challenge it, I was like getting strong Turok Moktau vibes. And I was correct. Um, so to not to bring it back to Avatar again, but here we are. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, okay. Is, is tremors directly influenced by the worms in this movie, in this in this story, the book, I assume. I'm not sure, but Thresher Maws, Thresher Maws, sure are. Thre- Thresher. Thresher Maws from the Mass Effect series. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay. Uh, yep, yep. So, uh, de- definitely made me want to rewatch Tremors. That's for sure. That was something I got out of this. <laughs> Those movies are bananas. Uh, there's also a lot more of them than I realized. Yeah. There's a lot of Tremors movies. Um. I okay, great moment, great realization moment for me because I couldn't place him, didn't know anything about it going in. For some reason, knew I knew him, but it took until the credits rolled to figure it out. And I had this lingering question throughout the movie of who is that and why is he being so sexually violent? And then at the end of the movie, Sting, and I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Well, I had to look him up because I was like, why does this guy look familiar? Um, <laughs> and so. Can we, yeah, we should talk about Chekhov's sting. (laughs) (laughs) What was it last week? I I don't remember if it was last week or if it was a few weeks ago, but we did have a big Chekhov, like, joke, running joke in in one of our episodes recently. I don't remember. Chekhov's prosthetic arm? Maybe. From Logan Lucky? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think that's what it was. (laughs) We've done that a few times. I I mean, it is a trope for a reason. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they made such a big deal about him, like early on, and then like there's the really weird creep. <sighs> I just can't figure out the Harkonnen thing at all. I cannot figure out the Harkonnens in any way, shape, or form. Nope, no clue. I don't know what's going on with his face. They are overacting. That's about it. They're well, sure. Uh, I don't know what's going on with his face. I don't know why he oh, can fly. A side note, right now, uh, I couldn't hear the movie either, just because of the way that the sound is cut, it is very muddled in today's high def standards. So I just yes. watched it with the subtitles on, uh, and occasionally when Fat Bastard laughs, it <laughs> says guffawing. Nice. <laughs> you know, we don't talk about we don't we don't deploy the guffaw often. <laughs> um. <laughs> Go on. Sorry. <laughs> I know it was a pretty fun phrase. Um. I don't get the, his face. I don't get the flying. I don't get the weird, weird sexual tension with him and some of the other characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't understand what was going on when he pulled the pin out of that guy's chest grenade that caused his heart to explode. Uh, yeah, I guess that there is a way to turn people off. I have no idea. Um, I assume that's a thing that's in the Harkonnen law that maybe you would understand if we read the book. Maybe. <laughs> uh, top five weirdest things about the whole movie is when I think he says some of it out loud and also some of it is voiceover when like was a Baron Harkonnen uh-huh. starts talking about Fade Rautha. Uh-huh. Super uh-huh. fucking creepy. Oh yeah. So creepy. Like n- not just dripping, like positively saturated with weird sexual tension. Like oh, weird, yeah. weird. It's very uncomfortable for Openly all parties. Openly lusting after Sting. Yeah. After yeah, showing I mean- it. At no point any sort of sexual proclivities at all, other than the right. time that he, like he fucked that corpse full of blood. Right, right. Oh, uh, 
Oh god, and then the needles in the face, and then throwing things in that little thing, that little opening with the water in it. Like, was I supposed to get something out of that? I, I was. Yeah, so... what a weird. Like it's like the most knockoff like trapdoor thing. Yeah, ever. I don't understand what it was. I don't even know what it was. I have no clue. Like Fade becomes a Boba Fett type of deal, I guess. But yeah. Like, like there had to have been more backstory to that character. But there's also no question about whether or not Fade makes it out alive. There is a sword in the bottom of his chin, in his mouth, and in his skull. <laughs> He's oh, yeah. dead. <laughs> and then an earthquake happened underneath. And then an earthquake split part of him in half. Um, I did like the training montage. I'm a sucker for I a training say, montage. Actually, that would have probably been one of my favorite moments. The, montage. the realization that Moadib's name is a killing word, which, I mean, can we get a little bit more on killing words, please? <laughs> I don't remember that phrase. Was that a thing? That was his name. No, I know that's that the name, name he chose. I don't remember the killing word thing. Oh yeah, when he uh, shows them how to break the obelisk, and then they uh, they're training more, and then everybody's testing things out, and then one of them's holding the weirding the weirding module. Is that what it's called? Holding the weirding module and says his name, and it shoots a bolt out. Oh, I don't. And think they realize that his name. Oh, wasn't yeah, absolutely. This was definitely a subtitles thing because actually, when they're running and you just hear yelling. On the bottom of the screen in subtitles, like 40 times, it says Moadib. <laughs> so I guess they're supposed to be chanting that while they're Well, running. that makes sense, because he became like their rallying call and all that. Um, sure. But can we get back to the... I I know we're kind of breaking the format a little bit here. That's fine. Best moment, worst moment, whatever. I still don't understand how we could have totally left out explaining the connection between the spice and the worms. Yeah. just They just said it. That was it. Like, what the fuck? And the water of life, which I believe was the bile of a worm? Sure. They never explained that in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Super important again. And I was like, oh, okay. Tell me more about this water of life. Yeah. Nope. Okay. We're just going to drink it. He's going to have a fever dream, and that's it. Great. Most men have tried and failed. Tried and died. Oh, okay. Also, put your weird voice away. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to talk to the other person again. <laughs> also, they like. <laughs> remember when in the beginning was it was it during the princess's voiceover at the like the monologue at the beginning when she said something about how everyone feared the Atreides building an army or a power base that no one could under like could contend with with something with a secret weapon that no one understood. Oh shit! Yeah, I forgot about that. But they weren't. No. And then he builds an army of Fremens with it. Right. Prophecies? Something about prophecies? I don't know. No, the prophecy was separate, though. Uh, Yeah, I don't know how how many prophecies there are. You know, is there a whole room filled with crystal balls? I I don't know. (laughs) Oh, Harry Potter. um, The whole, yeah. I mean, it did seem like all the other prophecies were offshoots of the main prophecy, which that was probably the only thing that they actually followed through on and kind of explaining. Wait, sorry, say that again? I said the prophecy was probably the only thing they actually followed through on explaining and like oh, doing yeah. in the movie. Yeah, that's that's true. God, what a weird movie. Yeah, I actually, I, I think my favorite even part of all of that was, and I don't remember it at all as being part of the prophecy originally, but it was in the voiceover prophecy. And he says, you know, he will come to you and he will, you know... He'll like know your ways as if he was born to them. I was like, yeah. you know what? That was kind of a cool like that was a cool voiceover. Yep, poetic line. Like, mm-hmm. where was? Give me more of that part of that. Yeah, like, exactly. 
Exactly. What was the creature that was scaring the Padishah Emperor? Oh, God. What that was, was a member of the guild? What guild? The guild. Capital T. Capital G? Capital G. No, surprisingly. Capital <laughs> <laughs> T, lowercase t, guild. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. What was his name? Uh, Spicy McSpicerson. <laughs> I have no idea. Are you seeing the problems I'm having? He's the only person... Like- they were the, also the only characters that needed some sort of translation device. I was really confused at how the translation device worked. Yeah, yeah, true. It was like an, it looked like an old style rotary phone where you have the hold the two parts. You know, <laughs> hello. Ser- seriously, <laughs> super important character. Sure. Super disgusting character. Mm-hmm. Um, who is he and what is he? Who is it? What is it? Are what you talking about the thing in the tank or? Yes. Or the guy that was walking the tank in. I guess all of them both. Both. The guy both. in the tank. The, the guy in the, in the tank. thing in the tank is one of those. Is yeah, is one of the one of the guild. I don't know what that means though. But yeah, something, that's, that's something my point. they can use spice and their buttholes and bend space and time. <laughs> so, okay, so that's a good. That's a good bit. So it was the same type of creature. Yes. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. But I wasn't hundred percent sure, which is a, also a problem. Sure. Fair. Because he just That's shows fair. up, he's scaring everyone, he's doing this whole thing, killed Paul, and blah blah blah, and okay, and why? Who are you exactly? It's like they, it's like they recorded someone's, like, psychedelic trip. You know what this movie was like? It was like watching Game of Thrones, and Game of Thrones was spliced with A Quiet Place, and I didn't have the subtitles. Mm. Mm. Like I felt like I was watching it, but I needed subtitles that didn't exist. Yeah, like, not it, your subtitles, like actual subtitles telling the story. Yeah, no, I, I fifteen minutes in, I I just couldn't follow at all. I was like, the only way I was going to get through this is if I read, if I was able to read what was happening. Dude, those are like the aggressive cuts. Like that was kind of what I was talking about. Like non sequiturs. Like there's scenes that I was like, I just have no idea what the relevance. To. <laughs> and you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what am I? Eventually, I'm probably going to have to kind of get what's going on here, right? And, like, for the main, main story, like, I, I, I did get it. There's a prophecy. They're fighting over control of the spice. The, the two houses fighting. There's the third one who's pitting them against each other. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I get all of that. You know, the spice is the important thing we're fighting over. And he's going to lead a populist revolution and, you know, break the wheel of the machine and all that sort of stuff. Like, I sure. totally got all that fair. Mm-hmm. But Pretty basic. But the, specifics like yeah like that is like the fifty thousand foot view like the basics of like the actual story is like i have no idea what's going on here that i would also like to point out that two times in the movie they they well first off the planet is called arrakis that they with the desert planet that they keep going to and that they, who you're talking to to one person it was arrakis oh that's true oh that was another thing that i actually mentioned to kim while we were watching it. i was like have you noticed nobody said that word the same way twice uh, which was great. But anyway, they're on this desert planet called Arrakis. And uh, at one point in the in the voice, oh, it's the voiceover in the very beginning. The the floating head says also known as Dune, which was one of the things that she came back to tell us, which I was like, go away. <laughs> uh, and then another point in the movie, they say something about like also known as Dune. And I was like, but why does it have two names? 
And does it actually have two names or did you like forget to explain something? Like it's almost as if they're like, oh wait, the name of the movie's Dune and we never really said it. We should we should say it. <laughs> Dune. Spice. The name of the movie should have been Spice. <laughs> oh my gosh. Spice Dunes? Spice Dunes. Ah oh, man. I'll never get over the fact that they never explained what the fuck the relevance of the, the spice worms thing, like spice and worms. Like, yeah, like th- just think about like the timeline. Mm-hmm. Go on the little training thing. Yeah. He's noticing that the spice is calling to him already. Right. They talk about the worms. They see a worm and he says, oh, what's the relevance between the two of them? Kind of to himself. And then it's to Max von Sydow. So is there any connection between the spice and the worms? And he kind of was like, like smiled and like like no (laughs) who's to say really yeah and it's like huh i feel like we should follow up on this which you know to be fair paul does follow up on that sure and then he finds out that they're inextricably linked Mm -hmm. and then that's it and then it's just big finish Mm -hmm. and i'm like dude (laughs) what is the spice (laughs) oh man this oh god i like how the worm I, I feel like the worm has inspired so many well is inspired and has inspired so many creatures it's basically like it's a zarlacc pit it's the it's the creatures from beetlejuice <laughs> it's a, it's like all over the map it's got so many teeth it's it's ridiculous oh yeah oh how about how about the fact that like uh paul had all these questions about spice but like as if he has never encountered it before. And then in that one scene goes, oh, pure unrefined spice. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is going on, bro? That was like that person who's like, oh, yeah, no, no, I've never touched drugs. But secretly, they were once like a cocaine addict for like 13 years. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and like he relapsed and did all the uncut cocaine like straight from Columbia. Right. Right. Like, also, I was... The, the blue eyes were super inconsistent. Like that was again. Oh yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess it was just one of those things when you have enough spice, you turn your eyes turn blue, which was kind of interesting. Like, I guess it would have, if they were going to do the thing where it's on sometimes it's not on other times, I guess maybe it would have made more sense if it like, I don't know, turned on corresponding with anger or something. Sure. Like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. So we have all of these reservoirs of water under the ground. And we're going to use it to take back the planet. But how? Worms. Worms. Spice. Spice. Perfect. That is the answer to everything. If you say that, the conversation's over, unfortunately. Like, that's just how you answer everything. <laughs> oh, man. What a weird-ass movie. And then it rained at the end, and everybody was all excited. There were also blue lights that were shining down, which I wasn't clear on. Oh, because they're blue eyes. The blue lights that were shining down as pillars were from their blue eyes? Yeah, why not? All right, cool. Or is it because of spice? Maybe it was the worms. I mean, the eyes are from the spice. Do you think that the light was shooting out of the worm mouth? I think that's one of those things where, like, you think that lightning strikes down, but you know that it actually strikes up. (laughs) 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 Oh, this movie's weird. Uh, The funny thing is, I I gave it a a six because, uh like, like you said, I, in spite of all the complaining I'm doing, like, I did appreciate. Like I said, like it took such a big swing. Yeah, I, I I had fun being weirded out by it and also angry at certain parts. Well, I guess for me, as I was going, I was like, okay, 
where's this going? Mm-hmm. You know, like I wanted to know. And ultimately, I was disappointed by that. But throughout the course of it, I did keep wanting to know where it's going. Yeah. Like, I kind of wonder where the story goes from. Like, it doesn't really feel like that's at the end of the story. Or at least it felt like the ending of that story was really rushed. And that's another reason why I'm excited for the, the next take on it. Because it yeah. felt like there were some things that they could have really sunk their teeth into. For sure. I will say. Would have been really compelling. What it, what it did for me was like watching it. And the reason why I probably was enjoying it so much was I like while I was watching it was that I was thinking like, oh, man, I really want to watch Star Wars. Ooh, ooh. And Conan the Barbarian. Ooh. And Red Sonja. Ooh. Ooh. And The Running Man. Like I just, like all these movies just kept playing. Oh, and Total Recall. Like I just and I just like wanted to watch all like it just like brought all these like like that like being like that I don't know preteen to te- young teen age watching these types of movies or like catching up on all these like whacked out movies that I really enjoyed when I was younger. Um, I don't know. It was it was like weirdly like seeing one of those for the first time and it was it was fun. I thought it was interesting that Jurgen Prock now played a good guy for once. He's always a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, I'm still hung up on what I was like, so confused. I was looking at him. I was like, that guy is so familiar. And that being, what's his name from Lord of the Rings? Mm-hmm. Because I swear to God, I remember looking him up years ago and I thought he was never in anything that was like big or famous. Like he's also in one. Peter Piter. Business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was re- you, actually, you want to know the best part of that experience? The first time he was on screen, I was like, is that you, Carrie? Yeah, like Lemony Snicket style. Yeah, he looks yeah. just like Lemony Snicket, like specifically the Jim Carrey version of it. And I was like, I mean, technically he was acting back then. Like, I also, I, well, I, I was in a similar boat with uh, Paul. I was like, is it? Is this just Topher Grace? Like, it looks like his face, and I was like, I don't. I but it, it's not his I, shape. I but this is Kyle Chandler, if anything. But it was okay. Kyle, but it was That's Kyle fair. McLaughlin. It was super yeah. weird because, like, certain moments, I'm like, he looks exactly the same as he does now, almost 40 years later. And at other times, I was like, this guy looks like an entirely different human being I've never met before, like, or seen before. Uh, and all I was thinking similar things, and all I could think about was that uh, that game show that they played on Saturday Night Live, hosted by Keenan. Is this Dylan McDermott or Dermot Mulroney? <laughs> we were just talking about that tonight. Someone said something about. Oh, which one was that? Dylan McDermott or Dermot Mulroney? Oh, uh, McDermott and Mulroney is almost as good as Pullman or Paxton. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh man, it's just that when it when that game show starts off, he holds up one of the pictures and he goes, "Who's this?" (laughs) Oh man, so stupid. Uh, I do have a one. There is one thing of of the whacked out things that happen in this movie. I do have a least favorite moment. Okay. It's the spittle scene. When she spits on the mother? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't understand why that was a thing. That, that, that was gross and uncomfortable also, for everybody. A, I have a huge problem, huge problem with the whole plan. <laughs> Again, well, of, around like the assassination attempt and all that. Go on. <laughs> you remember who did, did what's his name? Huey or whatever his name was. Did he ever, did he ever say why he, Betrayed the family? Uh, something about doing it so that he could ensure the safety of Paul and Jessica, who I think we're supposed to assume that he had a thing for. Is that what we're supposed to assume? 
I think so. Because, I mean, the whole thing was his wife was killed and his kids right. or whatever. And it was like, I thought we were going to find out that secretly it was Leto who ordered it at some point or whatever all along. But it wasn't. It mm. was definitely the Baron Harkonnen. Yeah. And so he wants to kill him. But mm-hmm. the best way to kill him was to betray the family you worked for for so long. It's not. It's yeah. So that I could put a poison tooth. And then, oh, I forgot. I actually have this as one of my notes, and I couldn't remember what it was until this came up. But the scene, tooth, tooth, tooth. <laughs> yes, I mean, it's, it's perfect no timing. No you were drinking your beer just as I said it. <laughs> it's no better or worse than the whole spice desert. <laughs> like, it's like that weird mantra of like three or four things that he kept, you know, chanting. But what a terrible assassination plan. Let me fuck over everyone that I know and relatively like or respect in order to maybe kill the person I hate. Right. And, and then, then I'm going to go cry in a cell about it. What's that? And then I'm going to go cry in a cell about it while I wait. <laughs> yeah. And then also, I'm like, he gives him the instructions over and over again. And then Leto fucks up the, he does the exact opposite of the instructions. He does the exact opposite of the instructions. Yeah, well, he in his defense, he thinks that he's doing it right because he can't tell for sure who he's looking at. But he was looking at two faces, and then he was looking at one. That's fair. And it was the wrong one. Yeah. And like, you can't really confuse those two people. And he went, <laughs> and, it, and it killed the guy who mattered much less. Like, oh still yeah, a bad dude still deserves to die, but mattered so much less. While the other guffawed. Yes, he deployed quite a guffaw. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's so, so weird it's bringing out the weirdness in me indeed it's the weirding way do you have anything else for this movie no I think I've mostly yeah, I, we're my spent. closing thought is I wanted to like this movie much more than I actually did because <laughs> I could see how it could be really interesting I agree right. with you I'm actually kind of interested in the books now I kind of want to read it I know I had seen in the past I forget how many of them but like the first Let's call it four books or something like that. It's supposed to be really good. And then mm. after that, it falls goes off downhill. Mm. A cliff or whatever. But I'd be curious to read a couple of them. Uh, yeah. I will say uh, similar book. I don't want to read it, but uh, definitely on board to see the, the remake. I'm very curious what they do with it. Because like you said, it seems like there is something there. It's just There's not, it's just not there. here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's getting it from there to here. <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. Well, that's all for this week's episode of Flicks in a Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests by tweeting us at the spinchoon or email us at Flicks in the Six at the spinchoon.com. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Al BLC. The worm is the spice. The spice is the worm. (laughs) 